I think officially I'm right and you're wrong. I think you'll find. Hello, Michelle. Are you still uh, holidaying? Holiday. Holiday. I am. Ciao, amore. Life is a holiday for you, Michelle. It should be a holiday for everyone. We should be grateful we actually wake up every day. And if you were the boss, that's what would happen. You would make us all be on holiday all the time, drinking champers and whatnot. I would have everyone rich in... Rich! Did you hear my voice break? I sound like a 15-year-old boy. I would have us all rich in love and money and holidays. That would be my gift to the world. Oh, you sound a little bit like my mum right now. She says things like... (laughs) All I want is world peace, things like that. So a bit of a tall ask, mum, but go for it. Well, I just want everyone to be happy. I just want everyone to get on. (laughs) What are we like, Michelle? We have to introduce ourselves. We're just already descending into mayhem here. And madness. Yes, I know. Hello, I am Michelle. And I'm Geordie. And you, my friend, you are eavesdropping. That's right. You're an eavesdropper. Eavesdropper? Eavesdropping. Any hoo-hoo. Last week, we had a hometown murder. It was a bit of a sombre episode, so apologies to anybody who found it rough ride. But you know what? This is what happens. Our listeners, they ask, we give. That's what happens. We had a new listener. We listened to what she wanted us to investigate. We bloody did it. Michelle, you did a grand job of the investigations, I thought. And I thought it was really bloody interesting, the whole thing. Well, I thought it was brilliant the way... You talked about Ed Kemper and somehow it just seemed to slot right in. And again, I am going to say I, I'm not saying the Canberra guy who murdered his sister is a serial killer. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying your psychological profiling of a serial killer was actually very, very good. I really enjoyed Ooh, that. We might be getting good at this. Who knows? Who knows? But We also had another episode the week before, and I have some feedback, just a little bit, uh, from a couple of people from Rains Park Mark. He said he enjoyed it, whereas Ren in Australia, the the food one. The food episode. Oh, Mark's talking about the food episode. Yes, the one about the mushrooms and little things growing inside them. Ren said, our researcher Ren in Australia said that she was almost sick when she heard about the squid sperm. If you haven't heard the episode, I bet you're intrigued now. Go back and listen. Oh, yes. This squid was a tough mouthful to swallow, I will say. It was a tough what? pill. It was a tough Quite pill to swallow. Literally. Really. I actually felt sick when I was researching that. But also, it's a cautionary tale, yes. people. Don't eat squids when they're still a little bit alive. Also, you know, you talked about a squid suctioning onto someone's throat. Octopus. Octopus. Yeah. There, there are deaths every year from this particular Korean delicacy. Well, I was talking to my fiancé, Andreas, about it. He knew someone that happened to, and it was really just by a hair's breadth that he survived and is alive today. Had a tracheotomy or something. Yeah, it was really fucking terrifying for him. So, yeah, very scary. Don't eat live squid. That is the take home. Or or octopus. Michelle, I have some shout arts to discuss with you right now. (laughs) Great. I love a shout art. Alternatively, it's a shout art to the world. I met some new people. I met some old friends and some new people the other day. Went into London 
the City of London, bumped into a whole bunch of my old friends from back in the day. One of them was Molly, the novelist, Molly B. Burnham. She writes books. Tenny Mars is her series that she writes and her husband, Sean, and their daughter, Adelaide. We all went out for dinner and Molly said she's an eavesdropper. And I think Sean is quite intrigued and I think he's like to be an eavesdropper as well. So welcome, Sean, and hopefully Adelaide as well. Thank you for listening. Please enjoy. Also, when I was meeting them, I was on my own for about half an hour while I was waiting, and I made friends with some people at the bar. And one of them was this wonderful woman and her boyfriend. And they seemed like they'd been together for years and years. Well, they'd only just recently got together. But Michelle, Kelly is her name. Kelly and her partner, whose name escapes me, I'm so sorry, he was such a lovely guy, they were boyfriend and girlfriend back in the day, like 17 years old or something then, or maybe even I'm making that bit up. Kelly, right in. She's now an eavesdropper. They were together. Then they broke up. Then they both went off and had their own lives and whatnot. Then they matched on Tinder or Bumble. Oh my God. I love that. And they're that. back together. Do you know what? That's lovely. And I have stories like that in my circle of friends. One in particular, she was on holiday met a guy her and her husband met a guy and never thought anything of it and decades later after she and her husband were divorced she saw this guy on the street was like I know you and he's like I know you in fact it wasn't even on the street they also had matched online the internet street basically (laughs) the the street of internet he said I recognize you we've met before she's like uh don't think so mate and he's like America 19 whatever and we've not just met before babe we've boom boomed before she was married oh sorry what What was she oh I see she just bumped into him in the street I thought they were exes no they just met and then all of a sudden fate had brought them together many decades later I love that that's so nice isn't it love I love love but we know what I also love is the story that just keeps on giving It's Melissa Caddick. Ah, you've got an update for us. I do have an update from our part-time researcher, Al Teggett. Full-time hot guy. Full-time hot guy. Full-time heartthrob. He is. Everyone loves Al. Al Teggett's not a mythical creature. Al Teggett's not a unicorn. Al Teggett's not a made-up person. Gave us favorite and so much more. Gave us favorite and so much more. He's not a mythical creature. He's real. And he sent us a little steer on the Melissa Caddick story. Now, just briefly, she's the fraud star who ripped off her friends and family of, they say in this news report, more than 30 million. I've heard 25 million. Who knows? It's a lot of fucking money. Gosh. There was a coroner's inquest. Now, look, they have actually pronounced her deceased. So you're wrong. I'm right. No. No. Well, (laughs) look, yes. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> they pronounced I think officially deceased. I'm right and you're wrong. I think you're Officially, fine. that is true. It is true. And the coroner did say officially the conclusion he released is Melissa is dead. But he also said the evidence does not enable a positive finding as to how she died or when or where. So the whole thing's oh. still a fucking mystery. Gee whiz. When will we get to the bottom of that? I know, but there were some interesting things that were revealed, actually, Mm -hmm. that um, 
the police officers, there was more things that had fucked up with the police. But also with husband Anthony Coletti. Oh, he done it? No. No, they actually said that, you know, he's been removed of any kind of suspicion. Okay. But there were some interesting discrepancies in his story. He didn't appear overly concerned when his wife vanished. And police were obviously um, trailing him because they say he then went to a cliff top area near their home and took a photograph of a shoe print. What? And it was in a dog park. And he must have said something like, oh, yeah, I just took a footprint. And they said, well, that's like finding a footprint on Bondi Beach. It could belong to anyone. But he'd taken a picture of a footprint. Also, he had sent texts from Melissa's phone pretending to be her. So she'd gone missing. He's got her phone because she'd left it at home. And he's texting people who were texting her pretending to be her. So we hadn't heard that information before. Suspicious. Also, he said that he did not see her on the morning. She disappeared. However, he gave a very detailed description of what she was wearing. Right. There are some very strange things going on here. He's in league with the biker gang that killed her. Listen, they did actually say that there were some outlandish rumours about her. Bikers, bikers, but also that people, uh, that she cut off her own foot. So we're both in the category of outlandish theories. I'm a little bit right too. That's what I mean. We're both a little bit right. And a little bit wrong. (laughs) And mostly wrong, which is usually the case. Get used to it, Michelle. Well, you also had a theory about a shark. And they did say that that foot coming off because her foot, her rotten, disgusting, decomposing foot turned up in a trainer, her sneaker, her shoe turned up in a shoe, severed from the body, decomposing. And they're saying that, you know, they don't know whether it was severed and it could have been also a shark, but also that amount of decomposition, the foot could have just naturally come away from the body yeah she's out there somewhere at the bottom of the ocean probably yeah maybe oh dear the upshot of this is the coroner says we will never know oh okay that's it hands dusted dusted hands we are done here you say that but i think this has got more life in it oh yeah you're gonna milk it we'll see (laughs) but if you want to know more i'll uh i'll show note the shit out of that and uh you can look at it Thank you, Al Taggart, for your information. You're very special to us. Thank you. Special. Awkward. Ox. So today, Michelle, I'm going to hit you with a one-hander. Last week it was your turn. This week it is mine. And it was very convenient that recently a friend sent me a very disturbing video that she found on TikTok and she couldn't go back to sleep after watching it. And I watched it too. It was a video of two children around the age of seven or eight being filmed, speaking to the camera with a man and a woman urging them to answer these questions and to look at the camera. So what they spoke of, Michelle, was so disturbing that, like I said, my friend couldn't sleep. She was having nightmares after seeing it. But for me, something didn't ring quite true. They were talking about things that sounded like murdering babies and eating them and sexual abuse. Okay. And I saw this and I saw the children's faces and everything. And it's out there. This video is out there. Some listeners may know what I'm talking about. To me, the children didn't really seem disturbed or traumatized enough for the things that they were saying to have happened for real, if you know what I mean. 
they were telling the camera okay. how their father was the head of a satanic cult and he oh. instructed them how to kill these babies and even made them do it. I'm sorry, this is trigger warning straight away. I'm so sorry. It's awful. I wasn't even going to say what uh, these children were saying. The information is out there. You can go and see. But why were we seeing these children's faces and hearing their names? It just seemed like a huge breach of privacy. It's social media and you can do whatever the fuck you want on social media. I'm just curious, how did your friend come across this? It's on TikTok. But did it just pop up in her feed or? Exactly, that's what happened. She wasn't looking for it, it popped up on her feed. I guess that happens when it's um, really popular. It did seem really worrying. I couldn't stop thinking about it. So I immediately started digging around and I happened across several sources of information and a fabulous podcast by Alexi Mostris, who is the guy from Tortoise Media that did Sweet Bobby. If you remember, we did that story, I think last year or last season, season three. And it's called Mm -hmm. Hoaxed and it's out now, although it came out last year and for some reason passed me by. And it's all about this film, where it came from and how it became the origins of the mother of all conspiracy theories. This, Michelle, is the story of the Hampstead hoax and it began in 2015. 2015. Yes. And you're only seeing it now and your friend is only seeing it now. So it's still going. Yes. Shouldn't be because many, many people are trying to get those films removed from the internet. There's innocent children in there. So I know we don't usually cover stories about children apart from last week's Michelle's one from last week. But I can assure (laughs) you that these children, as I suspected, were not indeed forced into a satanic paedophile abusive cult. So I want to fill in some gaps for you because I listened to Alexi Mostris's hoaxed podcast, six episodes, and uh, you can too if you want to be my guests. It's out now, but make sure you do come back and listen to the rest of this because we're going to nutshell it for you. But these children were actually being filmed by their mother, who's a Russian lady called Ella Draper, and her boyfriend, Abraham Christie, after a family holiday to Marrakesh. Ella, their mother had moved to the UK after meeting her first husband, but then they broke up while living in London. And then she met another guy and she remarried him. And with him, they had these two children. But by all accounts, this relationship with second husband, we're going to call him Ricky, and I think his name is actually Ricky, was turbulent. (laughs) Police had been called out during their marriage so often, with both adults being accused of various domestic abuses. And after they separated... Ella just wanted nothing more than to gain full custody of the children because she didn't like him anymore. She hated him, in fact. And then she wanted to sweep those children up and return home to Russia. But this couldn't happen because the two people had to co-parent, Ricky and Ella. Mm -hmm. But then she met Abraham Christie. And this was while she was going through some court proceedings to gain custody. So Ella, let me tell you a bit more about her. She's very beautiful, yummy mummy. She was a yoga teacher and a huge fan of nutrition and reverse aging. Michelle, your favourite. Oh, so she's into the NAD plus and all of the... uh... Possibly. I couldn't Mm. find reference to that itself because this is back in 2015. She calls it optimum nutritional set therapy. Oh God. Ring a bell? No, but is it a shake from a company based in Utah? (laughs) Possibly. Yeah. I don't know. She's all about the nutrition and the yoga and whatnot. And then she met Abraham at a chocolate festival where they were tasting all sorts of different types of, you know, pure chocolate, cocoa, probably. 
And Abraham himself was a hemp fanatic and he believed that drinking hemp juice, now this is devoid of any cannabinoids or CBD or THCs, which make you high. So he believed that drinking hemp juice was a massive cure-all and this man was very charismatic, slight frame, and in the short time they were together, all hell broke loose. Uh-oh. The video that their mother took of these two children claiming that their father was the leader of a satanic cult that ships in babies for ritual sacrifice, who also sexually and physically abused these children and many more, who in addition to having the children involved in it, in the murder of the babies, apparently it all took place in a church in Hampstead. Also, they were cooking the babies upstairs. I'm so sorry, guys. Trigger warning. (laughs) Upstairs at a local McDonald's pin that and the local swimming pool oh and a costa coffee in the Hampstead area was also involved in all of this ritual sacrifice and the baby carrying on stuff that they were saying was happening right the police and lots of parents from their school were all involved right according to the according children, to the children according to ella okay and according to the video so this already i'm sorry i know you said trigger warning but the way you're talking yes. about it it just makes me laugh and i can't help but think I'm sorry. Uh, no, I mean, it's kind of it's funny. Terrible, isn't it? How can you really believe this stuff? It's just too much. Kids do say the funniest things. Well, yes, they do. It is too much. But what have you heard? What have we covered in the last, you know, three years of doing this podcast? What have we spoken about? You know, Pizzagate, QAnon. They all think people are killing babies. It's the worst thing you can possibly do. Yeah, I was getting Comet Ping Pong vibes from this. Yes, you are getting Comet Ping Pong vibes, Michelle. This is where it kind of started. Like I said, these are shocking accusations and they make you wonder if it didn't happen, then how on earth do these little kids get that awful stuff in their minds? Mm. I mean, yes, kids do say crazy things, but this kind of shit, it's out there and it's awful and it's detailed. And the police eventually did get involved because the video made its way back to them. Mm -hmm. So they got involved. They were told by the children what was going on, same as what's on the video. And they said where you can find the bodies and the evidence. So they searched those places. They went to the church. They went to the McDonald's. So they went everywhere and they had a look. They couldn't find any babies or any blood or any sign of sacrifice or rituals or Mm. anything. It wasn't there. No trace of anything untoward was found. Two days later, after being continually questioned in a sensitive manner, I hope, by the police, the children recanted these accusations and confessed that they had been coerced by their mother and Abraham Christie, who, whilst on holiday in Marrakesh, had been pouring water over them until they couldn't breathe (gasps) um, while they knelt and thwacking them over the head with spoons. I'm so sorry. Trigger warning. This is abuse. To get their story straight, they called them, the kids actually named it Spoon Licks. Oh, my God. This is the real tragedy of this story. This is, I know I was laughing before because the accusations were so ridiculous. This is actually heartbreaking. Yeah. Now, in the children's final statement to police, they recalled how Christy would tell them things like, They dance around the church with baby skulls, don't they? And the children would say, no, they don't. Then he would say, yes, they do, you little rat, and then give them the spoon lick. smack over their head with a spoon. So that's how we taught them. So after the police uncovered the truth from the children that Christy had been forcing them into these confessions by using abusive methods, there were still no charges brought due to the fact that the crime had occurred outside of Britain. Oh. 
go figure. Okay. To British nationals, mind you, but yeah, weird. So then while Ella is still continuing her fight for custody in court, she had sacked two sets of legal teams because it became apparent to her that they were in cahoots with the whole cover-up. So she used a Mackenzie's friend. Do you know what that is? No. It's somebody without a law degree who can offer moral support and help with notes if you choose to represent yourself in court. I've got a friend who used one once before he just became really good at representing himself in court. Okay. So, yeah, you don't need to spend loads and loads on a, a lawyer or a team of lawyers. Her Mackenzie's friends were... Two ladies, Sabine McNeil, who's a German woman in her 70s, who was previously a CERN scientist, so very intelligent, Mm -hmm. and also one of the first people, like pioneers of usage of the internet. She's in her 70s, like I said. And Belinda McKenzie, no relation to McKenzie's friends, by the way, as far as I know. She was a wealthy benefactor from Hampstead. So these two women wholeheartedly believed Ella and what she was saying, and they threw themselves behind her in support. In addition to that, because Ella chose to represent herself in the family courts for the custody case, it meant she got access to all the evidence. So not only did she have the videos of her own children that she'd made, she also had the police tapes. Okay. And because of that, and with these two women's help, they all went ahead and set up a website circulating these videos, plus a video, an extra video of Ella reciting the names of over 100 people, including her ex, both ex-husbands, strangely enough, that were involved in this baby murdering cult. God. Names, contact details, the lot out there. David Icke's interested. Other people from other far-right conspiracy websites and blog pages are interested. They're grabbing the screen grabs. They're grabbing the videos. They're sharing, sharing, sharing. And this is how that fucking video got seen, Michelle. Yeah. That's why it's still circulating. And at any point, did anyone think, hmm, does this woman have a mental illness? Who? The mum, Ella. Well, I don't know. It's really worrying. It is very worrying. But listen, Michelle, if you were a mum at that school, for example, where those two children went, how would you feel if you were woken suddenly in the middle of the night, and not just one night, but every bloody night, right, from this point onwards, by phone calls from America and all over the world with people screaming down the phone at you that you are disgusting, you're a baby murderer and that this person on the other end of the phone knows everything about you and you're going to get what's coming to you and they're going to put an end to your baby murdering ways. Oh my God. How would you feel about that? Pretty shocked, right? I mean... That's what happened to not just one set of parents but many... Who were named on this list... Yeah, they're named, their details are out there. And not only that, paedophiles are seeing these two children talk about this sexual abuse or, you know, things like that. It's going to spark their interest. These people also had phone calls from paedophiles asking to set up dates for sex with their nine-year-olds. Oh, my God. That's fucking shocking. It's open season. No privacy whatsoever. Slanderous comments made about you out there. Wow. It's absolutely unbelievable what these families have gone through this is what happened after that list and those videos went live the people seeing them hearing about these baby murdering cults they were so incensed and they believed every word and what they heard and saw these children saying plus sabine mcneil's website and the consequent spreading of all these videos on social media a lot of people's instinctual reaction was to protect these children and so they traced them and gave them all a piece of their mind you know But not only that, 
they also had to worry about paedophiles creeping out of the woodwork. And in addition to that, vigilantes who think they're saving these children by kidnapping them and taking them away from their families. This also happened. And also these families just didn't get any sleep or any respite. They were always worried about their children being kidnapped. That's the thing. At that point, you just got to think, I need to move suburbs. I've got to get the fuck away from this. And you did nothing. You did nothing except have the misfortune of going to the same school as these kids. According to court documents, as of March 10th in 2015, more than 4 million people worldwide had viewed the online material relating to this case. 4 million. That's in 2015. You can like quadruple. You can quadruple it. Exactly. Yeah. Inevitably, a lot of the viewers have a sexual interest in the children as they're discussing bizarre sexual acts. That's why it's just so, so bloody damaging. It's dark and it's creepy. And those kids, their faces aren't pixelated, are they, in this video? No, no. And their names, their names are out there. Okay. So police did call eventually on Ella and Christy shortly after all of this happened, like all of the information became spread. Circulated. But they they fled. They ran. She was in the middle of a custody battle, but she jumped out the back of her bedroom window, hopped a few fences and flew out of the country where she's been in hiding ever since, except for when she was arrested in Gibraltar for drug running £40,000 worth of marijuana in 2021, which is when this podcast came out maybe maybe it was last year yeah the twists in this now when she fled i guess she fled back to russia no she's been all over we don't know where she was i'm assuming gibraltar spain europe okay did she have the kids with her or did she leave them no she left them yeah oh my god they were taken into care and then handed over to their father so all of this drama basically to slander the ex because she didn't want to give up custody and then she hightails her out the bedroom window never to be seen again except for drugs well, she was seen again when this she was arrested woman. but yes basically you've got that kind of right i mean obviously you're putting your opinion on it she <laughs> might think of it differently and in fact if she heard you and i talking like this then she would think that we are also in cahoots with right. these people yes that's what happens you know mm. confirmation bias and all that and if you don't agree with me you're against me exactly there's no two sides There's only black or white. There's no grey. She's being interviewed, actually. Alexi Mostris manages to find her and interview her through third parties. They track her down. Probably something to do with David Icke. Again, he's very, Mm -hmm. he's all over this. David Icke, by the way, is that lizard-loving ex-footballer who went on, was it Terry Wogan or something? And said that the entire royal family, yeah, exactly, that's that guy. So she's been interviewed by the podcast, phoning in. And also they managed to get a fixer in Morocco to track down Abraham Christie as well. So both of them are on this podcast. I guess they're not together. No, they're not together. And both of them are also very helpful until they feel like they're not being believed. And then they shut down and accuse right back. And Abraham Christie, it turns out, Michelle, he had form. Because when this was first reported in back in 2015, his former stepchildren got in touch with Ella personally to warn her how he had ruined their lives, their mother's life, with whom he was in a relationship with at the time and married and had children with, and their birth father's life after he too was accused by the children after hours of torture and abuse from Christie with, guess what? spoon licks they called it that spoon licks this oh was back in the 90s this was going on and they 
remembered it as adults. They were desperate for it not to happen again. And they got in contact with Ella Draper and said, don't stay with this guy. This is what he's capable of. But love is blind. Love is blind. What happened back then in the 90s when Abraham Christie was with that mother of these previous stepchildren, they said he would um, force them to lie about their father to social services and he would beat them until they told him what he wanted to hear. Yeah. He and his ex-wife, you see, had bought some property in Marrakesh, but she wanted to sell at some point and he didn't want to. So he would post all these awful allegations about her and this is in addition to the coercive and violent control he had over her. He'd apparently broken some ribs at one point of hers. Oh. And also was, you know, working it on the children as well. It was awful. So this guy has a little bit of prior when it comes to this kind of coercion. Do you know what? It's really terrifying to think when you meet someone and you're falling in love, you take everything at face value. You take it that this person's a good person. I could potentially build a life with this person. And you have no idea of the betrayals that they're capable of when it comes to your life. And in fact, there is a podcast at the moment called Betrayal. And they had a lot of people write in. It's season two. After season one, they had a lot of people write in. And there's a woman who basically, I mean, you know this from the Uh, from the trailers it's not giving anything away but basically the wife found child pornography on his computer and it all blows up from there and that's the thing you think you know someone and then they turn around and do this shit it's awful double lives double masking it's very worrying well abraham christie when he met ella Mm. and he saw her in the courts jumping through all the hoops, desperately trying to get custody of her children. He sympathised with Ella's constant, you know, court battles and everything that was going on for her. So he wanted to help. And he did so by convincing her that the courts were rigged against her because they were being run by Freemasons. So after not like, yeah. So after a little while of this, she was a fully paid up member of this club that believed that Freemasons and Jews were the wicked shadowy elite who wanted to control the world and do the worst possible thing that anyone can imagine, which is eat babies. It's almost like there is a checklist for, okay, if you are going to be in these weird conspiracy theory cults, A, you have to believe that Freemasons are involved. They're going to yes. kill babies. Queen's a lizard, satanic rituals. There's some prerequisites. Cults. Yeah. Like the whole thing. It it just seems like we hear these themes over and over again, Geordie. When we cover all of these cults and conspiracy theories, it's very distressing because this is not 50 years ago. This is recent history. And you saw this just recently. It's terrifying to me. So there is actually an anti-conspiracy website called Hoaxted, spelled H-O-A-X-T-E-A-D, which was set up by a group of people at around the time this was going on who had been dragged into the whole thing. So mm-hmm. there's like a parent from Hampstead, And there's this woman who quite by accident got involved because she's this Canadian writer called Karen who had started a blog years before with her sister who lived in London to keep in touch. So the sisters would like post things and really it was just between them and some friends. 
this blog, that one day her sister, who lived, I think, in or near Hampstead, had posted pictures of herself at a Hampstead gallery with some sculptures, wire sculptures made of babies that just happened to be on at the time. And because of that... What do you mean? Wire sculptures of babies or... Sculpture, like metal sculptures of babies. Metal, just metal sculptures with babies in them. You know, it might be like going to the National Gallery and getting your picture taken next to a Ron Muick. You know, he does the great big latex figures Mm. and posting it for your sister Mm. to see. Look at this art I saw. Well, it pinged on a few people's computers, like some sort of alert. And before you know it, they were targeting these sisters and saying, you're part of it as well. You're spreading it, blah, blah, blah. Because overnight, their little blog between sisters blew up. So as a result of that, they started a website called Hoaxstead, which is kind of counteracting all of the stuff that's been set up by Sabine McNeil and Belinda McKenzie, Ella Draper, etc. to spread amongst the theorists out there to keep it alive, basically. So on this website, Hoaxstead, It has two main objectives. One is to get the social media giants to remove the links to the children's videos. And the other is to gather evidence against the hoaxes that could eventually be used to prosecute them in court. So this group reported to Google and other platforms thousands of links asking them to remove the videos of the children. And they also gathered any evidence which they'd always pass to the police. But of course, every time something came down, Michelle, it would pop up again somewhere else. It was relentless, like yes, cancer. that's the nature of the internet, which is why our story last week was so unusual. No digital footprint. There was nothing. you cannot yeah. scrub things from the internet once they're out there. It's very, very hard. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, imagine being caught up in all of this. Imagine at your school. It'd be awful. I do. The, the name of the school is the same name as my kids' local primary school. What? Where they go. Oh, Where they God. went. Yeah. Terrifying. Christie's former stepchildren have also posted their own truth on this anti-conspiracy website, Hoaxstead, about how they were beaten until they couldn't sit down for days and spoon licks, which is what the children are seen to be calling it in the police videos. This is the two children at the top of the story. And that he would constantly be administering these. And in a phone call to... Abraham Christie from Alexi for his podcast. Abraham Christie actually admits that he knew that Ella's children, not kids, Michelle, kids are goats and they're sacrificial, which Abraham Christie is totally against. So don't call them kids or you're a Satanist, (laughs) could lie. So he knew that these children could lie because they told him that the flesh of both. Okay, trigger warning again. Sorry, I haven't been very good at doing that this time. The flesh of both black and white children tasted the same. And Abraham Christie knows that that can't be true. Now, by the way, Christie is a black man. Kind of is a bit weird to say that. He knows that the babies wouldn't taste the same. I mean, oh, it's just awful. Just me saying that coming out of my mouth. Stop talking about your mouth in the same sentence as people eating babies babies. and flesh tasting the same. so wrong. I just don't understand, A, how he could use that as evidence. Well, those kids are good at lying because they say it all tastes the same. It's anecdotal evidence. He hasn't used it in court because he's never turned up to court. But he also admits, okay, in addition to that juice dropper, (laughs) he also admits to Alexi that he used to give Ella's children licks with a spoon because that was how he disciplined them. And it was perfectly normal. Now, this guy is apparently one of the top 10 hemp nutritionists in the world. 
And he used to give Ella's children hemp smoothies because he knows that the only thing to release children from abuse, mentally from abuse or whatever, I don't really know how he figures this out, but it's the nutrition from the smoothies. He believes it's the best way. It's the only way to release them. Okay, so what you're saying is... Supply and demand. The ingredients in the hemp smoothies somehow are able to release trauma in children. Yes. Okay. Yes, and release their bonds to their enslavers almost, I suppose. What the fuck? I don't know. Sorry, that just sounds fucking crazy. His company is called Hempstar Dynamics. They advertised that they were able to reverse trauma-based mind control, which makes me wonder if these children were being primed as poster children for his business. By the way, this company was dissolved after a compulsory strike-off in 2016. It doesn't exist anymore. Well, it was a terrible name. to know. I mean, it was a terrible name. (laughs) Hempstar. Hempstar. Yeah, I wouldn't be spending my money on that smoothie. No, don't. Don't hold on to your coins there, Michelle. (laughs) So Abraham Christie also says that he hates all the supporters of the hoax, such as people like Sabina McNeil and all the people that flew to Hampstead from across the world and the United States, especially because they did, Michelle. Loads of people turned up in 2015 to scream at the vicar at the church on a busy Sunday and scream at the parents and the children at the schools and at the teachers. Stop eating babies, all this kind of stuff. They'd be screaming at them. But he believes that all these supporters are from MI5. Oh, God. Because I will say, these American supporters, if they had been able to bring guns on that plane with them into the UK, they bloody would have. Because we've seen from Comet Ping Pong Gate, Pizza Gate, that when they went to release the satanic baby-eating people and the children from the dungeon in Comet Ping Pong, which didn't exist, they went there with guns. Well, that one man did, yeah. Yes, one would assume that they had they been able to bring guns, they would have to Hampstead. It's a possibility. Yeah, it's crazy to think about it, really, the people who have fallen for this. I mean, obviously, if you hear of abuses, you get up in arms, you get angry, you want to do something about it. Mm. But get your facts right first, people. Don't just go gung-ho <laughs> in with your guns. But they're so reactive. People are reactive, especially when they've been given false news, you know, false Um, accounts of things and the internet is full of this you know you have talked a lot about 4chan in the past those sorts of websites conspiracy websites are perfect fodder for people who are looking to connect to make a difference in their own bizarre way based on false information so yeah it's Mm. very scary apart from the hemp star dynamics angle trying to you know advertise the fact that it can release the traumatic bonds of abuse I don't really know what other motivation Abraham Christie has I do know that he's definitely he adores Ella still to this day whereas he doesn't like anybody else related to this story really even though obviously they'd separated they have separated yeah back in 2015 when she fled and went on the run yeah but he still he still holds her memory dear. Yes, he still speaks about her on Alexi Mostros's podcast, Hoaxed, mm. with great affection. That's so interesting. Isn't I would it? have thought there was animosity there, but no, I was wrong. Not on his side. Mm. But why did Ella let this guy who is violent into her life and her children's life? I mean, what was her motivation? Love, love. <laughs> surely, when she saw him treating them that way, though, surely she would have. Well, I don't know. 
she does agree on the podcast talking to Alexi she does agree that it was controversial that she allowed him to move in within months and even though she saw him becoming aggressive towards the kids and he changed their diets to a raw vegan diet and this is going back to the school mum who had all the phone calls in the middle of the night this is how one of those mums ended up on the awful shit list that Ella videoed of herself speaking out about who's on the list and they're all satanic abusers this one mum was on there she believes because once Ella dropped her children at a party there and as she left she added as a throwaway kind of said oh by the way they're vegan and when she returned obviously the mum had not known this beforehand she hadn't made any kind of vegan snacks there was just sausage rolls and pizza and whatnot she couldn't stop the kids from eating she couldn't chop the carrots quick enough I suppose or whip up the hummus quick enough and the kids got stuck in to all the sausage rolls so obviously when Ella came to collect them later on she was pretty furious with this mum so she feels I mean this is just hearsay between two women but she feels that's the reason why she was on, on that list. list and that's why she ends up with phone calls in the middle of the night saying things like we're coming for you scumpedo oh my god you know this does feel like the modern day witch hunt we've talked about this before it is exactly yeah Salem where you know anyone who's a little bit different anyone who pissed someone off well you're yep. a witch burn them at the stake and this is the modern day equivalent of that well just going further into the abuse of privacy that happened during this time while trying to slander all these people sabine mcneil who i originally told you was a cern yeah. scientist and one of the first users of the internet in this country she's german by birth and has was married and lived here i suppose she was the one that published all the parents' contact details on her website. That gets shared around amongst other websites and other conspiracy programs, radio shows, podcasts, etc. She also hacked into one of the mum's computers and lifted photos of her nine-year-old daughter, published them on the website, describing her as the star of a sex show. What? This woman's lost her mind. Well, you can imagine what happened as a result of that. The mother then describes feeling physically sick when paedophiles were contacting her, asking her if her daughter was available for sex. Oh, my God. Horrific. That is when you just sell your house and move to another town. That is so horrifying. My God. But why should they all have to when it's just this one pair of people saying that all this stuff is going on? I mean, there's no more people coming out of the woodwork. No more witnesses. Yes, but it's not just one person anymore. It's a global network of people who are now... But they're not witnesses. They're not witnesses. By their own admission, they're not witnesses. No, they're not witnesses, but they believe. It's bigger than anyone could ever have imagined. It's awful, isn't it? But thanks to the vigilante actions of people like Sabine McNeil, who posted these videos and kept them circulating, as well as publishing the list of 175 names of so-called Satanists that Ella read out online after the children's apparent confession, these innocent people suffered life-changing consequences, like, for example, having to move house, I suppose, if you really wanted to or had to, you could have done that. But there are people like the social worker who was involved in Ella's case because NSPCC had been called out to Ella previously, twice. The families at the school, the teachers, because there had been, I think, leaks indicating that the teachers had gotten the NSPCC involved. Um, Anyone who crossed her path, plus both ex-husbands, one was financing it, the other was actually doing it, you know. How that happened, I have no idea. It must be really small in Hampstead. So was it, Michelle, just a revenge list for Ella, for people who'd done her wrong? 
She had a shit list. Like if you it. were on it, you were going to be Pretty fucked. Much. You were going to be included as someone who ate babies and was in a satanic sex ring. But that's how easy it is, Geordie. It's so easy. That's how easy it is to start to a rumor. Fuck up someone's yeah. life. It's frightening, isn't it? It is when you think about it's a very fragile balance that we live in. We have to trust. Every day we have to trust people mm. to do the right thing. That's like the rules of society. And when people yeah. like this don't play by the rules, the consequences are really damaging. Michelle's getting cut. Jordy had a tear. Ben Mantle's last round lemonade. To you, that's a cold beer. Crack open a cold one, love. Kiss the tinny. You'll be pleased to know that a High Court hearing in 2015 found the claims of a satanic child abuse ring to be completely baseless and no further action was taken. Of course. And Sabine McNeil was eventually found guilty of stalking for parents, including publishing their details online, promoting a petition against them and repeatedly making claims about the sexual abuse online. Plus, she breached restraining orders between 2014 and 2018. And finally, she was sentenced to nine years in prison and branded Britain's worst troll. (gasps) No. Oh, wow. This woman. Yeah. Speaking of trolls, there's a case about these kids who were gamers, gaming experts, and they made friends with some other kid. You know, they live all over the world. They all like you know connect through this game and in this game there are trolls and they are happy to be trolls like they are proud to be trolls in this game oh that's their job in the game well no but also kind of in real life too if you're an asshole then you are glad to be a troll anyway the whole point of this is there was one kid who murdered his family oh god and posted it on this game and they all thought it was part of the game Oh, fuck. And these trolls were like, yeah, you know, I was trolling and then I just sort of thought, oh, this seems a bit weird. Pictures. Yeah. Awful. I'm going to put <gasps> a link to this. It's, oh, Michelle, that's, uh, no, don't do that. That's awful. No, not the pictures of the murdered people, but a uh, link <laughs> God, to the Michelle. documentary. It was horrific. But trolling, you know, you say this woman was branded Britain's worst troll. Britain's worst troll. Do you troll. know what? In some circles, being a troll is not is that bad. Like it's, it's kind of fucked up. Sorry. I don't like Continue. that. Continue. It's awful. Oh, I don't know where to go from there. Well, I'll just tell you about Ella and Abraham Christie. They're still out there. Apart from Ella doing time for, if she did indeed, because she pleaded not guilty to the drug running. Mm-hmm. I think she does recall Christie hitting her son in the face. This is on Alexi Mostros's hoaxed podcast. She recalls Abraham Christie hitting her son in the face after an argument in Marrakesh, but it was apparently an accident. And this occurred, like I said, in Marrakesh when we were on the holiday, which is apparently when all this stuff was revealed. Yep. And the boy had a swollen eye, which might account for the videos showing them with a few bruises on their faces when they're telling the camera, which is what looks like at an airport, really keen to tell the camera, really keen to tell all, this, all the things. And teachers also remember these two little kids complaining about being hungry at school. And like I said, then there was reports to the NSPCC and the school was involved 
And, you know, that all got back to Ella and hey, presto, they're all on the shit list. I mean, if you're eating two carrot sticks a day, you are going to be hungry, aren't you? Raw vegan. Sure. So Alexi spoke to Ella's neighbour in Hampstead from 2013. This woman was also on the list. She's 83 years old. And Ella had said that this old lady had touched the children inappropriately. And actually what Alexi is kind of indicating in his podcast is that it's probably because this woman lives next door and she remembers the children being locked outside and privy to all sorts of goings on, like Abraham Christie on the roof naked, various (laughs) other weird stuff, lots of shouting, screaming, fights. And But luckily for her, despite the fact that she's a Satanist, she didn't even know she was because she doesn't use the internet. So she was safe from any of that (laughs) horrifying realisation, I suppose. And like you said before, Michelle, Satanic Panic, Salem Witch Trials, QAnon, all about ritual abuse, they all link up. It's all the same. All different sides of the same coin. It is. And, you know, we do hear these themes over and over again. I just wonder why. Why is it always returning to baby eating and sacrifice pedophilia? I don't know, because it's the worst thing that you can possibly do. And the children's descriptions were very, very detailed. It's horrible to even have them say things like that. And I regret talking about it on this podcast. I do. But it's out there. It's real. It's happening. You know, it's happening. It's happened. People are believing it. I didn't believe it straight away when I saw it. And I wanted some background, some info. If I'm just going to see that and take it for face value. Oh, these two little poppets, they wouldn't lie. Why would they lie? Well, there's more to it than that. But that's the thing. You know, I talked about fake news earlier. A lot of people don't have questioning minds. They see things at face value and they accept it. They don't dig a little deeper. They don't verify with three different reputable news sources is this real? And obviously you can't with a TikTok, but you've got to think if your instinct is telling you this doesn't add up, trust your instincts, dig around on this. But what if your instinct is telling you that it does add up and you're not going to question it? And even a scientist, Mm. Michelle, famous for questioning, scientists question. She was the biggest bloody instigator of this whole thing. She didn't mind that she was throwing 173 people under a massive conspiracy bus. I find that really, really hard to understand. I'm struggling with what her motive beyond wanting to help this poor mother and these children were because she threw herself into it. But again, where's the evidence? She breached Mm, restraining orders twice. She was told to stop. She kept going. She went further and further. Has there been some kind of brainwashing? Why would this woman, smart woman, throw herself in like that? Jodie, there's so many questions here. Who's brainwashing her? Who's doing it though? But how can one woman brainwash this really intelligent other woman? And she's got all these people convinced. And it's just shocking. I don't know how it happens and it worries me. This Alistair character, he sounds like he's... Abraham. Abraham. He sounds like he's quite the charmer and maybe is a salesman. You know, maybe there was some convincing there. It's a really twisted tale. It is a twisted tale. But I want to just finish up by telling you that the lady from Canada whose, you know, sister and her had the blog with the art show, etc. She's been all over this. She was a writer or is a writer from Canada, Karen. She helped start the Hoaxstead blog. She's actually in touch with the children now. And she says that they're in their late teens. The eldest turned 19 this year, I believe. Mm -hmm. And she says that they're well-adjusted, they love their dad, 
and everything is very normal for them now. But they were contacted by police last year after this podcast, hoaxed podcast, went to air and highlighted the the crimes of Abraham and Ella. And they were happy to get involved. So watch this space. I couldn't find anything more. I would say just... Keep an eye to the ground and see how this pans out because they're now ready to speak their and truth. that's what you want to hear, the other side of this story. Because For I sure. just wonder how they could live normal lives after this. Their names and images, their photographs out there. So how do you, yeah. how do you live a normal life as a kid after that? Well, the husband's name is out there too. Mm. I mean, it changes every now and again. But I mean, the ex-husband who was being pointed out to be the leader yeah. of this whole gang. Yeah. Of course, his name's out there as well. You can easily find his God, name. That's really upsetting. But what a story, Geordie. Fantastic stuff. I, I hadn't heard anything about this case. No, I hadn't, weirdly, because it preempted the whole birth of QAnon yeah. in 2016. Absolutely terrifying. Well, thank you so much for that story. I want to listen to that podcast now. I'm going to put some links to that. So do. Yes, I will. Do it. It's a great podcast. I do love his um, style of of interviewing and the documentary style of podcast that he Mm -hmm. does. It's great. He's got more. Well, thank you so much. I will just say you'd been talking about the Canadian lady, Karen. Yes. Now, that name, Karen, obviously everyone's a Karen. Well, not everyone's a Karen. Everyone knows what a Karen is. Not everyone, just Karens and Karens. Apparently they've got a certain haircut and they like to complain. That's what they say. I don't know how accurate that is. It's a bit unfair for Karens. It is a bit unfair for Karens. But there's a restaurant in Sydney called Karen's Cafe and they base it on being rude to you. That's their USP. Now, my sister took her kids, (laughs) not even teenage kids, to Karen's Cafe for a birthday meal oh my god and it sounded like the most hilarious thing and these kids didn't know what was going on but they got into it you know so they were you know ordering their dinner they said oh can I get a burger and fries she's like and 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 my sister's there saying you have to say please and she's like they're like oh please yeah you little brat it's all that kind of stuff Oh, my God. And the kids were really <laughs> shocked. But then afterwards, they were loving it. Karen's Cafe, hot tip for your kids' birthday party. must be hard for those waitresses to be so mean to little kids. Or is it I not hard? I don't think it's hard. Actually? And I think they love it. I think it's a... They get to just let rip. Yes, but it's not just for kids. It's for adults. It's for everyone. No one is safe at Karen's yeah, sure. Cafe. Well, you know, that's if you're in Sydney. If you're in London, Chinatown, head to Wong Key. That's famously rude. People go there for the experience. The food's good too, but it's a uh, floor upon floor of rude staff and people trying to rush you to get Fantastic. out. Fantastic. <laughs> I mean, who who wants nice waiting staff? You want to be told to F off. You don't need it. <laughs> I'm going to tell you to F off right now, Michelle. Yeah, you are, aren't you? But not before, Geordie, we say. Oh, wherever you are. Whatever you do. Just, just keep, keep Eavesdropping. 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 Eaves